Getting into the fashion industry as a designer is not easy. Staying in the industry can be even more difficult, especially nowadays when companies are facing so much uncertainty. That's gotten many designers wondering what alternatives might be available for them. If you love the fashion industry but are looking for a way to pivot from some of the industry's traditional careers, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Jane Singer, and thank you for joining me on A Seat at the Table. This episode is part of our new Launch to Legendary series, where we get to hear from entrepreneurs and innovators who have taken the ordinary and turned it into the extraordinary, who have built their businesses by seeing opportunities in inopportune circumstances, who've defined success in their own terms. Together, we'll be able to learn from their experiences and be inspired by what they've achieved. In today's podcast episode, we'll be hearing how Lacey Swan parlayed her talent and love for illustration into an incredibly successful business, doing collaborations with several leading brands, as well as creating her own product line, and how each time she was faced with adversity, she managed to find a way to make her next move towards building a business that she loves, one where her art can bring a touch of joy and encouragement into the lives of people around the world. This is not just a story of remarkable business success. It's also a story of faith, of learning to be your own cheerleader, and of never giving up on your goals and dreams. Before we get started, if you'd like to create winning knitwear collections, then Spin Expo is the place to go. It's the primary exhibition for yarns and knitwear. The fair is a rich resource featuring well-edited, high-quality collections, as well as cutting-edge technical innovation, not to mention outstanding trend information that cannot be found anywhere else. You can learn more at spinexpo.com. That's www.spinexpo.com. There's also a link in the show notes. And check out our website. You can find all of the previous episodes of A Seat at the Table, the show notes, news about our upcoming Masterclass series, and lots of other useful information. You can find it at seat.fm. That's www.seat.fm. FM because it's a podcast. Now let's hear Lacey's inspiring story of how she went from fashion designer to highly sought-after illustrator and successful entrepreneur. Hi, Lacey. How are you? Hi, Jane. I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm really great. I am a huge fan of your beautiful illustrations, and I really look forward to each time you launch a new collection. It's so great that we've stayed connected, and yeah, thank you for having me on here today. Thank you so much for joining A Seat at the Table. I'm so excited to hear about your journey in the fashion industry, (laughs) from working in the industry to starting your own business. Thank you, Jane. Yeah, it's been quite the adventure. I've always loved fashion, and I've always loved art, so I've just found a way to mend them together. And I started my career in New York City at the Fashion Institute of Technology. And I started working as a designer in the corporate fields and really loved that part of my life of working in fashion and getting to know the business and all the trends. And I did a little bit of everything in design to technical design. And I just was always creating on the side, like making art and making little note cards for friends. So it was just natural that one day I would start my own thing. 
maybe tell us a little bit about the various ways you've pivoted because I think you have a very interesting story and I think that so many people in the industry could really relate to where you've been and some of the challenges that you faced and, and then how you turned everything around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I you know, loved working in the fashion industry, but it became really corporate. And I was working a job where it was like 7 a.m. till midnight. And my boss says, you don't leave until I leave. Wow. And so I was like, I quit. And from there, I took some freelance jobs and I started a fashion blog. At that time, it was just an art blog to get my art out in the world. But then with my love for fashion, I became blogging about fashion too, just everything I loved. And it really opened up the doors for me. I all of a sudden started collaborating with brands like Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom's, Keds. And I would do different events for them or even just to get their you know, product out. They loved collaborating with illustrators and getting in front of editors and influencers. Their products stood out if they collaborated with the illustrator. So I started pivoting that way. And yeah, then I just, I had my illustrations featured in Teen Vogue and I started a t-shirt line. So I was just having fun and putting my art on different things and just being creative that way. And that was the first way I pivoted. It sounds easy when you talk about it, but actually being able to do that and to achieve what you've achieved and work with these different brands is not easy because it is very competitive. What do you think gave you a particular advantage? I think I had nothing to lose and I was willing to work really hard and I really networked at that time in my life. I lived in New York, so I went to a lot of networking parties and I think that was gave me the advantage of just willing to work start from scratch because I had no help and except for the friends my dear friends who were always encouraging me but yeah just working really hard and knowing that you're gonna get a lot of no's every no is a step forward closer to a yes yeah that's so true but it's difficult to keep your head up when you've gotten right that 150th no (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally And, and that's was really hard at that time because it was all new to me, but I just had a vision. I kept pushing forward and I knew that also I remembered how dreadful it was working my last corporate job. So that was motivation too, to keep doing my own thing. And I just thrived on creating new art and collaborating with these brands. It was really fun of just putting my two loves together of fashion and art. So I just thrived on doing something I love kept me moving forward as well. As you were working on that, which do you feel took up the most time constantly creating new art or was it really more constantly having to network? I think at that time I did a lot of creating artwork because I think I still needed to develop my style. I think as an artist, it's really important to create a lot of art. And I remember Marie Forleo saying one time that you don't have sales or like, your art's not out there because you're not creating enough of it. So I really pushed myself to create my own style. And to do in order to do that, you have to create a lot of artwork. So during that time, I was constantly painting as much as I could. Wow, that's really interesting. I think that oftentimes people forget how important it is to really develop their creativity. Yeah, exactly. I remember even one time I got rejected at a publisher because I was like oh I want to have I was just trying all the things and I really want to have my art in 
children's story. I thought it'd be perfect for a tween cover. And so I was like pitching to publishing houses for that. And she was just like, your art's really different. There's like a lot of color and black lines and thick black lines. And it's just not really what the market is looking for right now. It's too different. <laughs> but then I, if I just held on now, you see so much of that. So, or not a whole lot, but I still, my style still, I'm known for my style. And yeah, I think it's really important as an artist to find your own style and not go with the crowd, go against the crowd. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to take risk and you have to be willing to create a lot of art to get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the most difficult things is facing all that rejection and still staying with what you believe in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved a lot of color and watercolor has always been my favorite thing ever since I was a little girl. So I just stuck with those two things and I like the thick black lines or like the details and just being different. So, <laughs> Right. And, and now we've come into an age where actually being different is really the key to being successful. Whereas I think that when you were first getting started, people were really looking for things that followed the trend. Yes. Yes, exactly. They wanted to see what works already. They weren't really willing to take a risk. And with big companies, I understand that as working in the fashion industry, that happens a lot. They're not willing to be fresh and new and take that huge risk. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with the development of a lot of indie brands or maybe medium-sized brands, they need something different in order to be able to stand out, right, and to compete. Yes. Yes, we have that advantage because we can take more of a risk and we need to do it to stand out as an indie brand. Yeah, so you were saying, it's interesting, you liken your career journey to Mary Tyler Moore, and, and I can certainly remember that TV show. So when I saw that, I was really laughing and saying to myself, yeah, I think for so many people, we've had to start over so many different times. And you do, in a sense, feel like Mary Tyler Moore, the new girl in the new city, trying to find her feet. Yeah, I just love Mary Tyler Moore. I discovered her when I was living in New York in my early 30s and completely pivoted my career. I was like starting fresh from starting all over again. I had to figure it all out. And that was what Mary Tyler Moore, like she just moved to a new city and had to start a new life, but she did. She had new friends and a new a new career, a new apartment. She was out dating again. So it was really fun. Yeah, I love to compare my life with Mary Tyler Moore. And after I had built that time in New York City as pivoted as an artist and combined my love for fashion art that way, I had a that life that I built all of a sudden got shifted because my mom got really sick. And I, of course, I want to be that daughter who'd taken care of her. And so I moved back to North Dakota and then my father got sick. So I was all of a sudden in this left the life I built in New York City and was in in a town of like less than a thousand people where in North Dakota where there's obviously no fashion. So I was like, what am I gonna do now? Wow. So what did you do? I think that it's so admirable that you were willing to take everything that you had built with your career in New York and move back to be supportive of your parents. So certainly you did the right thing, especially as a daughter. But how did you rebuild from there? Yeah, it was not an easy task. But I had that I do not give up. Just built inside of me from 
pivoting before. So I was had to find a way to make it happen. And with the internet, you can do anything. So I just kept putting my art on the internet, I kept doing what I was already doing in New York, but I was trying to, okay, how, what can I sell? What can I create? What can I make and sell on the internet? And I just kept putting stuff out there until something stuck and just did all the research and find how I can develop these products that I had in my mind. And yeah, that's what I kept doing. So the things that stuck were my personalized stationery, which I is super cute and everyone loves something personalized and unique. And then the other thing that stuck that's my bestseller is my coloring book for tween girls. And it's all about cultivating friendship and kindness and confidence and it's like fashion illustrations. So it goes back to that, like there's four girls and four friends and it's all inspired about my life in New York city with photographers and designers and, and dancers. So I just, those are my two bestsellers and I just took them and ran with it. I totally love what you're doing with your art and with your stationery. It is very appealing. It's difficult not to like what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of my inspiration comes from just the difficult times and persevering through it. And I, that's why my art is just so bright and happy. And I want to bring that joy inside of people's homes and inspire them to making products with no cars so they can nail that interview and get the job or internship or send a note to a loved one or journals to journal things out and weekly planners just to plan their week out. So I love creating things that will help people people and brighten up their every day and especially when you know things are hard we need a little something bright and happy <laughs> that's so true it's really it's interesting to note how even just having an attractive planner like you were saying or something attractive station a stationary item on your desk just gives you that small boost yes yep just a little bit of joy every day and we're always trying, I'm always trying to be the, the best version of myself. And I don't always, we don't always are 100% all the time, but just to have those tools right in front of me, I can give it my all and give it the best try. Absolutely. So when you went back to North Dakota, how did you get started with a new, with a new business? Etsy was my main thing to sell on. And then I just had to, I started digitally actually with both my coloring books and my physical product, my stationary I started digitally because I didn't know how to print things and I I believe always just to start where you are with what you have and I had very limited resources at that time so I just started and put it out there and then I kept doing the research and I kept trying we have access if you have the internet you have everything so there's I just kept looking until I found like the right way to print things and create the physical product but I started with what I had and went went with it. <laughs> wow, that's so inspiring because I think that it's very easy to get caught up focusing on what you don't have. And I catch myself in that as well. Almost embarrassed to admit you you tend to look at that and feel frustrated and feel stuck and say I don't have this or I don't have that or I don't know how to do this or I can't do that. And rather than as you said, look at what you have and use those tools. Yes, and I could easily have looked all things I didn't have. I was not in New York where I had access to all these different printing houses, and I didn't have the network that I used to have in New York City. I wasn't able to go to parties and network with people, and there were so many things I did not have, but I just focused on what I did have and just kept pushing through. 
So now you've been able to build this business, your stationary business, to the point where you're able to support yourself with this business. Yes, yes. I just, once, once the pandemic hit, I really pushed forward even more so because I was not able to travel and it helped me really focus on my stationary business because for that before that I was alerted by going to New York City or going to California to do my events and illustration like that because I love being in with people and creating art and just doing different things but this year I just really honed in on this and I already had it started so <laughs> I just pushed through and yeah yeah so you had something to fall back on which was really great tell me about what you were doing with your live events I would sketch people like Brands still would hire me, even though I lived in North Dakota, I would fly out once in a while just to keep my name. It was really important for me to keep my name brand out there and be recognized as a well-known artist. So I would fly out once in a while and collaborate with brands like ASOS and do their events, whether it was like painting on Christmas ornaments or doing a live sketch where you sketch someone in five minutes while they stand in front of me in their fashion outfits, which is really fun. Yes. So there's still that part of me who likes to do all different things. But this year, I really just focus on my best-selling products. And I was featured in some magazines and went on local television. So I just really focus on marketing it. Yeah. I'm really so impressed because there's not many people who've had the gumption to do what you've done and to persevere through so many challenges. Yes, I've had lots of (laughs) challenges and it's hard, it's hard, but the, if you keep going and go through that one challenge and the next challenge comes, then you can, you have the strength, you build up the strength to get through it. So you'll always make it through. And this year has been full of challenges for me as well, but I have built up all this muscle to really push through and make it my best year yet. Incredible. What was your biggest challenge? Uh, this year or ever? <laughs> this year, and then we'll talk about ever. <laughs> I think this year, at first, I when everything shut down, I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? But my stationary business really picked up. So <laughs> I was just in a surprise. And then overall challenge, I think it was when I was in high school and I had a really tough home life. I didn't know how I was going to make it. Everyone was moving on with their lives. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, <laughs> And I, three years, like I was pretty much kicked out my senior year in high school and I was living out of my car for a little bit never knew where I would stay with a friend every night but I never knew where and it just took me a long time to get from there to New York City but I really pushed through and I did not give up on my dreams and I guess that was probably the real muscle building to get me to where I am today. What got you through that? How did you persevere? I prayed a lot, my faith in God, for sure. <laughs> that was, that's what got me through. And I had this vision and a dream and I had nothing to lose. Yeah, it's true. It's interesting when you have nothing to lose and it gives you in a sense the power to take bold actions where when you have yeah. something, you always worry, am I risking what I have? Yes. So I think I've always, that's been my tool to, for perseverance and to get through trying times. It's interesting to hear because every one of us at some point in our lives faces very challenging times when we 
don't think that we can ever get through it, right? When we're at the bottom and we just can't see our way to the top. So to be able to understand how somebody else managed to cross that chasm is so inspiring. Yes, I just kept picturing myself as a designer in New York City and I could see it. And yeah, I just always just had a vision in front of me and not giving up. So if you just close your eyes and keep thinking where you want to be, and that will really help you get through that those times where it seems like impossible. Yes, it's about holding on to your vision, isn't it? Yes, that's why I like also creating like journals and just different things to write down your dreams. And yeah, if you write it down, it's right there in front of you. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the combination of writing it down, visualizing it, using all your different senses. Yes, yep, <laughs> exactly. So what would you say is your biggest win or has been your biggest win to date? Because I know there's going to be bigger things coming for you. Yeah, there's been so many. This year it was really fun to be on Midwest Living Magazine because I'm a Midwestern girl and to be on my local television show. And yeah, I think having my art in Seventeen Magazine was really cool because that was like the little girl of me who used to read Seventeen Magazine would have never thought that would happen. But yeah, I've gotten to do so many different things. My art has been featured on Tokyo television. Like I even had my Japanese friends like, I just saw you on TV. So I've gotten to do so many different things. And yeah, I've had my art in international, national magazines. So it's been really an adventure and Yes, you never know what's going to happen if you just put take a step forward and you just keep putting yourself out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I think that's so true. But it's really difficult when things are down or when people are getting started or they've lost a job or they've in, in some way had a setback, right? Yes, exactly. You have to learn to be your own cheerleader, too. And that's I think really hard. I think a lot of people are waiting for someone to be their cheerleader before they start. Like they're waiting for someone to give them permission. And the truth is that's not going to happen because it's your dream. It's your vision. And you're the one who's really going to have to cheer you on. And if you don't quite believe in yourself yet, find that one person who does believe in you and then use their belief in you until you're able to believe in yourself. Like I had to do that for a little while when I didn't feel so confident, but I just took their belief in myself and I was like, okay, I can do this. And that's, yeah, you need to be your own cheerleader. That is so true. And I think that it's a pity to see so many people who wait for external validation before they make the next move, before they pursue something. Yeah, because you'll get a little bit of it of it, but it's not enough to really push through because business is hard and being an entrepreneur is hard. So you have to give yourself like that encouragement on a daily basis. Oh, for sure. Looking ahead, what would be the next thing for you? What's the next dream? The next dream? Okay. <laughs> There's a lot. Just focusing on my physical products and getting out there more. And right now I have a lot of customized stuff like personalized stationery and so I have a lot of different ideas of just having non-custom collections so I can get more wholesale and get it out there in that way but yeah I'm just creating fun more fun products to get out there that's my next what I'm working on right now and I just would love to see the Lacey Swan brand whether it is 
on Amazon or in more stores. So I'm just working on that, something like not so customized. That's so exciting. And certainly I know everyone who's listening to this is going to want to check out your art <laughs> and the various products. Where can they find you? I am on LaceySwan.com and then that will directly bring you to my Etsy shop where you can find all the journals, planners, personalized stationery and coloring books and art prints too. I'm definitely going to head over there. <laughs> I, I feel some heavy shopping coming. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Something to brighten up the everyday and bring joy. I, I love your work. I have seen it. I've been following you for several years and it's been just such a pleasure to be able to talk to you and hear your story and be able to share it with our listeners in over 80 countries worldwide. That, yeah, thank you so much, Shane. I love hearing that. I love that we've stayed connected and Thank you for allowing me to share my story today. So amazing. Oh, it's been my pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode of A Seat at the Table, join me each week when I sit down with leading executives, entrepreneurs, educators, and authors who share their insights, experiences, and vision for the future of business. And make sure you visit Spin Expo. From trend information to technical innovation, Spin Expo is the primary exhibition for yarns and knitwear. The fair provides well-edited forums featuring high-quality products that are bursting with creativity. To learn more, go to spinexpo.com. That's www.spinexpo.com. You can also find a link in the show notes for this episode. Before you go, if you're looking for a concise view of key shifts, opportunities, and risks in global sourcing, then check out the current situation in sourcing. You'll find a link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out our podcast website, where you can find all of the previous episodes of A Seat at the Table, the show notes, news about our upcoming masterclass series, and lots of other useful information. You can find it at seat.fm. That's www.seat.fm. FM, because it's a podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Jane Singer, and I'll see you in the next podcast episode.